This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Despite less road traffic during the pandemic, traffic deaths last year jumped over 7%. What factors caused this increase, and how can you stay safe as more Americans get back on the road? We thought that those levels would go down, but the studies that we're seeing are seeing significant increases from speed. I think you're also seeing significant increases from impaired driving. Then, health care in the U.S. is more expensive than ever. But can you fight this system and win? An expert says there are ways to reduce the cost. If you talk to experts who review medical bills for a living, they will tell you that most medical bills that they see have some type of an error in them. Those two stories and more are ahead on this week's show. InfoTrack begins right after this. InfoTrack. The weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. As the lockdowns fade in our memory and Americans look forward to getting back on the road, it's important to stay safe from alcohol and drug-impaired drivers. Our guest is Dr. Darren T. Grandel, Vice President of Traffic Safety and Government Relations at the Foundation for Advancing Alcohol Responsibility, which is at responsibility.org. Dr. Grandel, studies have been released about a spike in vehicle crash rates. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, we've been seeing one of the hardest things in this country is getting really good data on crash rates, timely, because most of it is kind of a delayed. But to see what we've seen in 2020 in the crash rates increasing, and not just only the fatality numbers, but also the fatality rate per 100,000 miles is very alarming. And when we had 36,000 fatalities, I believe in 2019, and then up to 38,000 plus in 2020, has raised a lot of awareness and looking at the data and understanding clearly what is it we're seeing, especially in a time where a pandemic really, I think intuitively would have said, we would have had less traffic on the road with people working at home and other limitations in travel. We thought that those levels would go down, but the studies that we're seeing are seeing significant increases from speed. I think you're also seeing significant increases from impaired driving and a number of issues along with that. Do you see the risk for drivers increasing as clubs and bars fully reopen? Yeah, I think you're going to start seeing more and more potentially impaired driving cases because as people become more vaccinated, people become more comfortable getting out and socializing. Do they consume more alcohol? You know, are they using drugs in combination with that? And I think that's a concern that we've had is, you know, what are your options about getting home, finding ride shares or other things instead of just driving? And I think some people think, well, you know, law enforcement may not be out there doing a lot of these activities. And so is there another level of risk that's increased with that thinking, oh, no one's going to stop me anyway. And so when you look at the pandemic, the stresses with work, other issues, we've also seen along that increase with mental health issues and people self-medicating with various substances, not only alcohol, but drugs. And then we're seeing in the data where multiple substances are combined, alcohol, drugs, or other just drugs and drugs that are having an impact on drivers. 
Our guest is Dr. Darren T. Grundell, Responsibility.org's Vice President of Traffic Safety and Government Relations. And we're talking about the dangers from alcohol and drug-impaired drivers, which seem to be increasing. Now, we understand that your organization has put forth some grants to help train law enforcement to better handle these situations. Could you tell us about that? Yes, we've worked with the Governor's Highway Safety Association, which represents all 50 states and the territories. They have a federal requirement of having a state highway safety office. They receive federal funds to do traffic safety programs. And Responsibly.org, our funders, have really helped to support or supplement some of the training in various states, particularly around the uh, driving under the influence or high-risk impaired driving, which are those with high blood alcohol concentration levels, those that are repeat offenders, and those that have a mixture of alcohol and drugs in their system. So states will apply through the Governor's Highway Safety Association for funds that we've provided. We've provided close to $750,000 in grant funds since 2015, and various states will use those for training for they call advanced roadside impaired driving enforcement. It's a little more training that officers get to help to detect drug impairment. And then a drug recognition expert program where in each state they have these DREs who actually are subject matter experts in identifying individuals that are under the influence of drugs and then calling a drug category like a central nervous stimulant or a central nervous depressant all the way through cannabis, hallucinogens, analgesics, those kind of things and looking at those various impairing substances that drivers have. So this is far more sophisticated than what traditional checks have been of drivers, where they might ask you to walk a straight line or to uh, recite the alphabet backwards or something like that. This is actually going to tell the officers what substance is causing the impairment. Yeah, the Green Lab particularly is focused around cannabis because of a lot of the legalization efforts so that officers can see what that looks like in real time. We do very similar training for alcohol. They call them wet labs. So it gives the officers a real good look and understanding of what that looks like. Utilizing the standard field sobriety test, like you mentioned, you know, it's a walk and turn, which is walk the straight line, and then you have a one-legged stand, and then they utilize the horizontal gaze nystagmus where they're looking at the eyes and certain indicators that would indicate that the person has drugs or alcohol in the system. And then it gives them that opportunity to see, build probable cause for an arrest for an impaired driver. Traffic deaths rose more than 7% in 2020. And I know you mentioned that this was puzzling. Do you have any explanation for why that happened during the pandemic? The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's data that comes out is kind of the overview of fatal crashes and numbers. The actual causation, such as speed, following too close, run off the roadway, impairment, will be out later this year. But when you look at the number of crashes, especially when we see speed increasing in states, a lot of people think, well, you know, it's less traffic, more people are going to take risks, they may go faster because there's not so much traffic. And I think part of that is true. But a research study by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration found that 42% of people stopped for speed were arrested for DUI. So when we look at these pictures of just speed, is there drugs, alcohol on board that are also indicative or could be leading to these other increases? 
Is there a greater, I guess, level of risk that people are willing to take because they know the officers may not be stopping them for, you know, because of social justice issues or a lack of enforcement or COVID or other things? So are people taking additional risks as well because they don't think anybody's going to be stopping them? But I think impaired driving piece of it, typically we see one third of the nation's fatal crashes are impaired driving, either alcohol drugs, or a combination of those. Is there any value in the consumer outreach to, you know, preventative messages that say, don't drink and drive, don't take drugs and drive? Is that effective, and is that being done? Yeah, I was originally the State Highway Safety Office Director in Washington State, and I was there when they legalized recreational cannabis. And we actually began working with the industry because they ultimately have skin in the game where they do not want their product or that being misused and people out driving. There's a lot of misinformation out there that it makes you a better driver. It makes you slow down. It might help you zone out on the road, not be as aggressive. And what we have found is that through some research that the number one leading probable cause for someone that was just under the influence of cannabis was speed over legal. And I don't know the real reasons of why, unless they have like a time distance or they just kind of lose track. But ultimately, we have seen where the messaging is getting out and we have actually been working with the industry. We've created an organization called the National Alliance to Stop Impaired Driving in conjunction with Responsibility.org to address the multi-substance. And we have as one of our members, the United States Cannabis Coalition, and they're helping us do is get messages out to the cooperatives or to the stores to address just that. This can be an impairing substance. Do not operate a vehicle, heavy machinery, as you might see on some of your prescription bottles, which is a vehicle, motorcycles, ATVs, or anything else after you've been consuming. Our guest is Dr. Darren T. Grandel from Responsibility.org. Dr. Grandel, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. Next, smart ways to lower your health care costs. That story, straight ahead. There's more InfoTrack coming up. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. 